Welcome to the Community Builder Podcast. The world is our classroom, and every moment is an opportunity to understand human connection at a newer level. On this podcast, we'll explore the minds of active community builders as they strive to leave their imprint on the world. host, Travis King. Let's build. So everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Community Builder Podcast. And today I have Adiva on and Adiva has an interesting story, I feel, um, being someone that chases her dreams and kind of just like makes, you know, her dreams become a reality. So um, what I want to welcome you on the show, Adiva, and just thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you. No, I'm happy to be. I'm happy to be talking with you. I mean, I wish it was in person, obviously, but um, yeah, this is exciting. So, I guess, would you mind sharing with people kind of like a little bit about your background? So, maybe you know, rewind the clock a little bit to like what it was like growing up for you, and then also just kind of like give people a quick little peek into who you are. Yeah, sure. So, I think that for me, at least, my boxing story and my fitness story truly began at Syracuse University. I was in a class with the the boxing, the head coach of the boxing club at Syracuse University. Just by chance, he said, hey, why don't you come try out a class? And I was hesitant at first, but you know, I was a new freshman on campus. You try every single every single club that's out there. So I said, uh, why not? And I ended up going to the boxing class, ended up being the only female there. Um, And I just fell in love with the sport, though. I couldn't get enough of it. I kept going. I kept, um, you know, week after week. It'd be about a couple trainings a week for two hours at a time, you know, hill sprints, boxing, sparring, um, everything. But I just kept going until my senior year when I ended up competing in nationals was one of three females to end up competing in nationals and from Syracuse in the history of the school. So I really, you know, took that time at school to not only focus on my studies, but also to do something that was a little bit intimidating at first. You know, back then, boxing wasn't as big as it is now. Right now, there's a lot of boutique fitness boxing studios. But when I started boxing, it was really rare for a female to be doing a contact sport like that. That's really where I started my boxing journey, I would say. Um, and then I guess fast forward to my time after college, you know, graduated, started working nine to fives, but on the side, I was always taking boutique fitness classes. And then the one thing I realized that as a New Yorker, I'm sure you, I'm sure many people feel this way in New York too. It's so fast paced and it's so, you're always on the move that it's very hard to meet people in the city. So I found that it was pretty lonely going to all these boutique fitness classes. You know, there was no place to really connect with people after the class was over. So I really set on a journey to create a space where you can take a killer workout, but also meet people afterwards. Basically, that's how grit came about where you take a class and then afterwards you have a full bar. 
So that's really how we came to be. Thanks so much for the story, Adiva. So could you tell us a little bit about the GRIT experience? Like, do your members call it a gym? Do they call it a club? Do they call it a hangout? Like, what do they call it? Like, could you talk to us a little bit about that? I mean, people just, I i guess nobody really calls it the gym. You know, people really call it, people just say they're going to GRIT because it's, it's unlike anything else out there. I mean, you walk in and the energy is just palpable because you feel, you know, the front desk are so friendly. The lights are dim. At night, the lights turn to this blue pink colors. Every single lighting setting in our, in our studio is specific to create that sort of night loungy feel. So the, the feeling as soon as you walk in is different. We're really against having all the lights on because, you know, when you have all the lights on, it makes people want to leave. If you have the lights dim, dark, you, you feel comfortable. You feel like you are going to a, to a bar or a nightclub. So that's one thing that's very unique about us. I think a lot of it is also hiring the right people. I mean, you know, our bartender, which we call our mood director, really helps set the tone of the space. So when you come out of one of the classes, you're immediately greeted with electrolyte margarita shots. And, you know, he's popping champagne bottles all night. We have sparklers sometimes. Like, it truly, truly feels like you're at Tower One Oak or a nightclub right when you finish a class. So we're all about that experience of not only in the classroom being 50 minutes nightclub style, but also as soon as you leave, it it really feels like a nightclub and there's energy and it's fun and there's good music and you know we always have event nights. So we're really different in that sense. That's awesome. The mood directors, I love that. Could you share with us a little bit about what inspired you to create this community? Like, did you intentionally go out and try to create this, you know, passionate, loving community around grit? Or were you just kind of trying to solve some sort of need or feeling for yourself? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I never really felt like I I knew what it was until I created one. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, when they when they feel like something's missing, they kind of have to create it themselves. And I truly believe that's what we did. I didn't really know what it was until we made it. And I think there's so many different aspects that help create community, whether that's from, you know, a lot of studios might not have the owners there all the time, but we make it a point to be there. You know, I, I'm there seven days a week. And that's a testament to building community, I think. Also, what helps is, like I said earlier, the people, having people that want to connect others. If I'm at the studio, I'll say, hey, so-and-so, have you met this person? I think you guys would get along. Whether that's me doing that, my brother, my dad, our mood director, or just the community themselves. You know, I think another big aspect of what helps us build our community is these events that we do. We do crazy event nights. Friday, 8.30 p.m., we'll do a Hawaiian luau or we'll have astrologers come in or we'll do an open bar. We always are just innovating in different ways to make people feel like they're part of something. Another thing that we do, which is unique, is challenges. So we had a badass challenge, you know, complete a certain amount of classes in a set amount of days. And that really helped drive the sense of community, the sense of we're all doing this together and we're, we're working towards a common goal. We all want to better ourselves and in turn that helped drive community.
I love it. And as you're kind of like going through this journey, I know it definitely wasn't easy going from like boxer to, you know, gym, well, like community owner, right? And community builder. But like, who have you learned from along your journey so far that like kind of like has helped push you or help make you better? There's a few people. I mean, my dad is probably number one. He has, you know, he has a background in live events. He's, you know, he's always helped me sort of quiet the noise, so sort of speak. So I sometimes can find myself getting distracted with what other people are saying or, you know, the noise of other people's opinions or, you know, at first when we wanted to open a gym with a bar, there was a lot of people that said, well, that's crazy. Why would you do that? You know, that doesn't make sense. Why would you drink after a workout? And um, it was really my dad who was the one who said, you know, this is what we're doing. It makes sense. People are going to like it. And if people don't like it, then that's on them. You know, you have to kind of just stick to what you feel is right and it'll all work out. So he's been kind of my number one role model. Um, I've had a mentor. I've had a few mentors along the way. I've had a mentor. um, Her name is Liberty and she's taught me a lot about the fitness space. And in general, I learn a lot from just people in the community every single day. I mean, you know, I'm surrounded by so many strong, resilient people. You know, every day when I'm at Grit, I, I meet somebody who either just lost, you know, 30, 40 pounds from taking grit classes or someone that escaped a toxic relationship or someone that is using boxing to, you know, like battle panic attacks, anything like that. I mean, those people are just resilient and they resemble grit to me on so many levels. So getting to meet and talk to them every single day is is amazing. I love that. I can only imagine there's so many different, you know, people from different walks of earth that come into one class. Like you have so many different like personalities and backgrounds coming together. So I definitely really, really love that aspect of it as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I love that. I love that part about our community. And then in terms of like, you know, groups of people or like any other communities that you either aspire to be like or that have give, given you some influence outside of your your dad, but like, are there any communities or any teams that you like really love or anything like that? I mean, the Jewish community in general has been really positive to me and um, they've always been very inclusive and supportive of everything that I'm doing. So I really enjoy doing events with them as well. Also, we've done at Grit a lot of charity classes for different communities. And I think partnering with them, whether it's a an event for raising money for cancer or raising money for the Australian bushfires that happened earlier, I think that pairing up with any sort of charitable organization has been an amazing thing that we've done in tandem with Grit. So I really enjoy and really love the charitable aspect of those communities as well. Nice. seems like there's, no matter what the cause is, it's like you guys can find a way to bring people together, whether it be for boxing, for fitness, or for any causes as well. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Awesome. So one other thing that I've been also thinking about and curious to ask you was like, you you went like I mentioned earlier. You like went from being a boxer to kind of like a a gym owner, community builder, and like you definitely had to go through like a lot of internal personal development to kind of get to this 
you know, state that you're in right now. So I guess, could you share a time when you might have, I guess, changed your paradigm or noticed the shift in thinking? So that way we can just kind of get a little bit uh, deeper into, you know, how you got to where you are right now. Yeah. I mean, just over the years, you know, turning from, you know, always being a fitness professional to a gym owner, I've had to deal with a lot of internal battles, you know, daily just to push myself. And I think that every single part of part of owning a gym, I've, I've experienced different things. I mean, even just obviously not being open right now because of the government is that that was a whole new battle that I had to face. But I think throughout everything that I've experienced, it's this idea that I think the number one lesson that I've taken away and learned in life is that you don't need to know how to do anything that no matter what, like you might not know the answer. You might not know the right way to do something. You might not, you, you might just not know how, but I think it's saying, okay, I don't know how, but I'm going to learn how, or I don't know how, but I'm going to do it anyways. Or, you know, like I had never spoken to a broker on the phone. I had never scouted a gym location. I had never, every single thing that I've done up until now, I didn't know how to do. And I figured it out. Whether it's planning a photo shoot, hiring trainers, you know, closing a studio, opening a studio, every single thing that I've done, I didn't know how to do it, but I figured it out. And I think it's this idea that truly, 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 if you want something bad enough, you will figure it out no matter what. So I think that like resilience is key, being gritty and being strong is key. And that, you know, if you have a dream, I know that people say it all the time, but it really is true. Like if you have a dream and you want it bad enough, you will make it happen because there's no other option. Like there truly is no other option. That's a fact. And I was just talking about that this morning um, with another friend. And we went back to the Eric Thomas quote, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm sure you've heard that or seen that video multiple times. But it's just one of those things, like you said, that like, if you don't know how to do something and like your your mind is telling you like a diva, like, girl, you, you yeah. better get after it and figure it out. Yeah. Like, you're going to get after it and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I love that. That's one of the, another one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, too, is because like going through that, like you weren't just like doing this like solo, right? Like you had other things happening. Like you were still pursuing your boxing career, right? Like you've you weren't just doing this like solo. Like you had multiple things going. So I guess could you talk about like how you like juggled that, you know, normal like life in general and like did all this at once? Yeah, I mean, I was still working a a regular 9 to 5 while I was looking for gym locations. I think that I basically just like before, after work, I was, you know, scouting locations, sometimes leaving on my lunch breaks to go look at a spot. Like I clearly remember like shaking because I was so cold walking the streets in New York, just up and down without a broker, without anybody, without any help on my own, like walking blocks and blocks and blocks looking for a location and being so cold. but just having this determination that, you know, like, if I don't find a location, we can't open up. 
and I want to open up and I want to own a gym and I want and I want to do this so badly that I have to make it happen. So I just think that, like I said earlier, you kind of say fuck excuses when you want something bad enough. And I, I wanted it bad enough that I didn't care that I was working a nine to five. I didn't care that I, you know, had other obligations because I just, it like there was no other option. And it took me, it took me uh, an entire year to find the location that we're at. And it took a lot of time, a lot of effort. But if I, if I didn't find the location, the fact of the matter is I, we wouldn't have opened up. So I think it's just like to anybody who feels like they don't have time, time is just an excuse because time is just, I would say an observation of like where you spend your time is sort of just an observation of what's important to you. It's really using your time to do things that matter to you. Got it. And I'll, and that's another thing that I also chatted about today with someone. And it was the sense that like, there are so many people right now that are either, you know, employed and, you know, want to do something or they just got laid off and they're trying to figure out like what to do next. So like to the people that are, are trying to figure things out, like I, I'm, I feel like you've definitely highlighted a little bit here, but is there anything like right now specifically that you'd want them to hear like from you based off of like you going through something similar as well? Yeah, I would say try everything. I remember there was a time when I had quit my job because I was just, I was so unhappy. I knew it wasn't something I wanted to do long term. And I had, you know, I was unemployed for a little bit. And there was maybe two months where I just tried everything. And it was during that time where I wasn't really doing anything that I really found what I was supposed to be doing. Because every day I kept going back to fitness. I kept going back to taking classes. I kept going back to wanting to motivate and help and inspire people. So I think that during this time, use it as a blessing. Use it as your time where, you know, what else will we have all the time in the world to figure out what we want to do with our lives? You know, some people have been asking for time their entire life. So now that you have time, why not try everything? Whether that's a salsa dancing class online or, you know, taking an extra course on something or learning another language or, figuring out that you that you do want to open a gym too or whatever it is that you want now is the time to not think single you know not think have a one track mind but to really explore everything that you've always wanted to try and usually the one thing that you should be doing is the one thing you'll always go back to time and time again I love it love it and it it, it like makes me think too like as I'm sitting here trying things, like I mentioned, like I'm, I just did a Zoom call with someone that was a DJ at his house. And then we all did our respective different things. Like I told my mom that I did a virtual happy hour last week and she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So one question I have for you is how do you stay connected like right now? Like what are you doing to stay connected and grounded in your world? Yeah, so... I mean, we at Grit had our own virtual happy hour as well, which was nice to see and talk to people. I think that the important thing here is to not to not confuse connecting with with real connections, if that makes sense. So, you know, all day maybe we're texting our friends or calling people or 
you know, quote unquote, checking in on people. But I think the real connections come from, you know, maybe your family members you're, you're now home and with and you haven't really gotten to know them that well over the years because you've been so busy or, you know, or maybe actually talking on the phone for a long time for an hour with someone that you've been, you haven't had the time to talk to. I think there's artificial connection and then there's real deep connection. And I think that it's good to always, you know, constantly check in on people, but like how, I guess there's a difference between checking in on someone and like really checking in on someone and really, you know, connecting with people and making sure they're okay and inspiring people. So I guess it really just is, there's, there's a few ways to do it. There's, you can be on your phone all day and be on Instagram and be on, you know, watching TV or doing this, or you can create and motivate and inspire and, and really connect. No, I, I think that makes so much sense, especially with like one of the other episodes I did with a guy named Jason Gaynard, um, super amazing guy. And he builds a community of um, aspiring individuals and he brings them together a couple of times a year uh, through this thing called Mastermind Talks. And one thing that he mentions is Dunbar's number in my episode. And that's, you know, the amount of social relationships that anybody can kind of maintain at once. And then it was like 150 or so. But like thinking, I'm like, oh, wow, like, if that's really true, then I have five people that are I'm really close with, you know, 15 other people that I'm kind of closer with, but not like I tell my deepest, darkest secrets to. And then your next like level of like 50, and then your 100. But it's just like, to me, it's interesting, because like you see so much happening on social and like you see so many people having conversations and now you're like, wait a minute, can I just go a little bit deeper with the people that I haven't gone deep with in the last you know year or two and like deepen those instead of trying to build and make so many new ones? Because I think that's also causing some fresh like chaos if in a little bit like so, so many people are trying to market themselves and like build a brand and it's like wait a minute like what if you just went a little bit deeper with the people you've already have and you realize you could serve and help and support even deeper because maybe now you're like oh wait like i have a friend who has a mom that needs a job and i have a person that's like right here that could do that instead of you trying to go build a relationship with a complete stranger like somebody close to you probably has what you need but like we don't get ourselves out of our phones enough to even take a look. Exactly. And I think, you know, obviously there's power in technology and power in connecting, but I think that it has to be done the right way. And, you know, there's obviously so much noise out there and so much, so much that we're just infiltrated with daily that I think it's super important to also get away and spend some time in solitude as well and really just connect with your self because that helps your bonds with other people further. So I think it goes both ways. I think it's developing real connections with people and then also really connecting and figuring yourself out and using this time to decide what it is, you know, what is your purpose? What is your what is your goal? You know, today's April 1st and for all we know we're at least going to be in quarantine until the 30th, right? So that means you have a full month without distractions, without anything to just get what you want done. And that's, that's an amazing chance. You know, I think we're, we were all kind of in disarray and confusion and stressed out for the first part of March. But now that we're all sort of 
a little bit more settled with the fact that we are inside, we are here. So how are we going to make this time and use it to our advantage? How are we going to level up? How are we going to get better? And how can we use this month to either inspire or motivate or get better ourselves? I love that. I think that's such a good push. And I think uh, just one last thing to add, and we'll wrap up here in a second. But like, as we're like thinking about like keeping our friends accountable, like on that call that I mentioned, the Zoom call with the curated experience, people were like, oh, I'll do this every day. And I literally was like, all right, like, you know what you're saying right now? Like, I'm gonna keep you accountable. Because like, it's one thing to say and just be like, yeah, I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna do it. But then it's another thing to actually show up every single day and do that thing that you just committed to. No, that's so important. So true. And I think that if you can hold each other accountable and uh, check in on friends and make sure that they're really doing going after their goals. And if you can push other people to go after their goals, then they will. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Like anything that just came, you know, top of mind or um, that you feel like would be valuable for, for people to hear right now? Um, yeah, so we have some exciting news for Grit. We're going to be going to crowdfunding starting tomorrow. So that means that anybody has the chance to invest and own a stake in Grit. So basically, you go to republic, republic.co slash grit. Then you can go to our crowdfunding page. You can invest in as little as $252. That'll give you stock in Grit. And uh, we'd love to invite you to profit alongside of us and um, join with us as we continue to grow next to San Francisco, to the Castro area. And then after that, we're going to be starting our Grit at Home product. And then uh, we hope to open a third studio in New York City after that. So um, we'd love to have you come in, profit with us and come along for the ride. It's republic.co slash Grit. Nice. And is there any like, I guess, like, what are you most excited about, like in your future? Like, I know you just mentioned a couple of new locations. Like, what are you kind of most excited about, obviously, outside of where we're at right now? <laughs> yeah, I think just growing this community and making making grit, not just a uh, New York City brands, but a nationwide, you know, maybe even a worldwide name. I think that We've seen in New York City, we already have such a strong, dedicated clientele who just love what we're doing. And, you know, my goal has always been to motivate and inspire as many people as possible. So the more locations we can open, the more I can do that. And yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to when we're all back together and I'll never take anybody for granted or, you know, ever think that, you know, that communities like this just exist on their own because they don't, you really have to create them. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the community and I can't wait to get back to them. I love it. I love it. So um, everyone, uh, this has been such a fun episode. I cannot wait for you all to get access to this. And um, Adiva, thanks so much for hopping on. I will definitely put a link to like the website, your socials and everything like that into the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone until next time. Thanks for listening to the Community Builder Podcast. If you received an ounce of value from this podcast, share it with your friends. Oh yeah, don't forget to leave me a five-star review. I need those. Remember, each perfectly laid brick moves you one step closer to building your community.